What is Aleppo? Brexit means Brexit. I'm not gonna pay for that fucking wall. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. From this moment on, please, do not ever call us a racist party. You Tory talker. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. It's fake. Phony, fake. I didn't lie about weapons of mass destruction. I didn't send anyone into an illegal war. I didn't say anything racist. I've never been called in a paedophile gang or anything. Just who the hell do you think you people are? Put on a proper suit, do up your tie, and sing the national anthem. Nobody builds walls better than me. Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of Everything Left. This week's episode is a little different from usual, as I'm on my own and won't be discussing any news stories. Instead, I'm going to be reviewing and discussing the film The Assignment, the Michelle Rodriguez movie that sees a hitman suffer a forced gender change operation, which was the first ever topic discussed on the show. Hello, Frank. You can call me the doctor. I'm the one who operated on you. And the reason why is simple. You killed my brother. This operation's your reminder of the terrible thing you did. I've liberated you from the macho prison you've been living in. Good luck, Frank. This is your opportunity for redemption. Yeah? It's me, Frank. I need to clear my head. Look a little different, huh? I don't know what to say. I got hired to do this job. The mob wanted to get even. Why me? The doctor wanted you. The guy you pushed a year ago. It was a family thing. I wanted to cause Frank Kitchen enormous psychic pain. I need to speak to this doctor. I need to live in the way I do. One thing's for sure. Change is gonna come. I'm still trying to figure you out. I haven't made enough trouble for you. I gave you a new chance in life. You wasted it. There's anything left of Frank Kitchen. It was his point blank aim. The Assignment, also known as Tomboy, is an American crime thriller film directed by Walter Hill and co-written by Walter Hill and Dennis Hamill. The film stars Michelle Rodriguez as assassin Frank Kitchen and Sigourney Weaver as Dr. Rachel Kay. The film began life in 1978 when Dennis Hamill wrote the first draft of the film. In this draft, the film centred on a juvenile delinquent who rapes and murders a woman before going to prison. The woman's husband, a plastic surgeon, manages to capture the young man and operates on him, forcing gender reassignment on him. The character then goes on to commit a number of murders. From this point, the film would remain in development hell for decades, as Walter Hill tried to get the film made before putting it aside for 15 years. The fact that the film was originally developed in the 1970s actually does explain many of the issues that the film has, because it originated in a time where exploitation was common in film, and where knowledge of trans issues was near non-existent. Dennis Hamill wrote uh, his original story screenplay in 1978, out on Long Island. So 
it's a, a local issue. It was sent to me. I did absolutely nothing with it for 20 years. I was rather busy. But uh, uh, it, I remembered it well. It was lurid in an interesting way, that, uh, and I thought it took chances, and I thought it was, could be an avenue to making a, a, a good film. I did a script. I optioned it, did a script from it, abandoned the script, thought that uh, I had taken way too realistic a, a path with it, and then re-optioned it a few years later. I think I was informed by my work on the Tales from the Crypt. I thought suddenly I had, uh, that's how to do it. The show uh, that we did, I did three episodes uh, uh, Bob Zemeckis and Dick Donner and I each did the pilot, and and we agreed to do three episodes. It was an HBO show, but it was based on the old EC comics, and uh, they and they operated within the formula. How would I put it? Uh, wicked people doing wicked things, who got a kind of comeuppance in the end. The fates, the furies, the ironies of life. A change to the script would change Frank's character from a rapist to an assassin. Whilst this is a slight improvement, as it does help distance from the idea of the transgender community having connections to sexual assault, it still has strong connections to violence. Despite having almost 40 years to think through the idea, or to scrap the project entirely, the film somehow went ahead to become what is possibly one of the dullest action films I've ever seen, and one of the most insensitive and outdated pieces of cinema in years. Even before the film came out, the project faced controversy as those involved began to face criticism of their portrayal of gender reassignment and the transgender community. Many people were quick to call out the content of the film as being problematic, sentiments that were soon echoed when the film premiered in the 2016 Toronto Film Festival, where many reviewers criticised the project. Guardian reviewer Benjamin Lee described the film as a film made with such staggering idiocy that deserves to be studied by future generations for just how and why it ever got made. Trans activist Elizabeth Marie Riviera called for a boycott of the film, stating, This isn't a story about a transgender woman, but is a fucked up and twisted transgender trope that is being forced down our throats. I know why Michelle Rodriguez was cast, but her attitude about it definitely speaks to the insensitive approach of this film. Many cisgender folk will take this narrative and run with it. Our lives are not a science experiment. I'm tired of Hollywood playing with ideas like this, stigmatising and sickening. The attitude that Rivera speaks about refers to a number of interviews Rodriguez had during the production and promotion of the film, where she attacked any criticism of the project and often insulted the trans community and their allies further in doing so. What do you think about Glad speaking out of, about uh, Tomboy? Riley, What's, we're gonna uh, go get dinner. I can't see you. Right you mean now. the LGBT okay. community? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're saying no. that it might set back trans uh, rights. Uh, if anything, it's freaking promoting it. Well, that's a good point. You I, know I, what I mean? No I, press is bad press, baby. <laughs> I agree with you. You know what I mean? One. I remember a day when white people were playing black people. True that. So it's just about the evolution. Thank Chris Jenner for becoming who he became, and now you have a popular subject matter that nobody wanted to make a movie about, and now everybody's on it. Rodriguez defended her role in the film on more than one occasion. Firstly, in an Instagram post that said, I played a male assassin for four days in the movie. Boy, was that beard itchy. 
Then out, Revenge, a twisted doctor played by Sigourney Weaver decides to take my character's manhood away with a sex change to teach him a lesson. I never felt more like a woman than when I was playing a man stuck in a newly operated sex change body. I had fake boob covers to look more like man implants and wore a fake hairy mangina which you couldn't really see because it was made so hairy. In retrospect, I'm glad I took the plunge. The industry seems to be running low on edgy creativity and real take-chance controversy. Sometimes it makes me want to scream. Instead, I did what I always do when I'm bored with the status quo. I shoot a crazy B-movie indie to express my frustration. I wish I had more than a few weeks to prepare for this fleck. I would have gained a lot more weight and would have had made some hairy arms to match my Mediterranean look. I feel that my skinny look kind of comes across hermaphroditic in the film, especially when you add the crazy male chest for the nude scenes. I hope you will enjoy the flick sometimes, when we sell it of course. It's interesting to say the least. The post was met with criticism on a number of points, with some describing the idea of the film as being an insult to the trans community, others criticising the language she used when describing post-op female bodies with terms like mangina, and even others pointing out that her idea that a Mediterranean look must mean covered in body hair to be excessive. Despite the immediate backlash, Rodriguez would go on to continue to defend the film in interviews by stating that as a bisexual woman and a member of the LGBT plus community, it's okay for her to make the film, that she was not mocking or offending anyone by doing so, and that people who were offended just needed to lighten up. For a transgender person to play that role, now you're talking about is that person bankable? Are they going to sell the movie? Are they going to get the, the, the funding necessary? Banks want Instagram followers. Banks want uh, an actor that can, that can return money on investment. So try hiring a transgender actor today without having a, 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 an artist director who you know was able to find the funding for it. It's tough out there. So I'm an LGTB community friend. I'm bisexual. I do guys. I do girls. You can't really argue with me because I'm, I'm you. <laughs> so if I do a movie, I would never do a movie with the intention of offending anybody in the LGTB community because I'm a part of it. <laughs> so they can't say shit to me. <laughs> I love you. Now that the film has finally been released on DVD, I've been able to see it myself. The film structure is one that's hard to keep track of with flashbacks and flash-forwards, all told through two different framing devices as Weaver's doctor recounts her story to her therapist, played by Tony Shalhoub, and Rodriguez talks directly to the camera in some scenes. Whilst this doesn't make the timeline of events hard to follow, it does distract from the narrative, as little of it is. Despite being billed as an action film, the story plays out almost painfully slow with massive sections of the story given over to watching Rodriguez bumble about in her new body with clunky dialogue which prefers to tell rather than show. In fact, much of the film feels like it stays with Sigourney Weaver and Tony Shalhoub talking backwards and forwards. Whilst this may not initially seem like a bad idea, and the pairing would work in many films, the dialogue they're given feels incredibly beneath the two of them. Dialogue that's delivered by the two actors in eight class and style fail to be insightful or impressive as the writers intended, and instead comes off as schlocky and as a waste of talent. The film appears to be trying to make Weaver's Dr. K into their own version of the Science of the Lambs Hannibal Lecter, where she interrupts her psychological evaluation with incredible frequency. All of this is done to remind Shalou and the audience how intelligent she is, 
to give lectures about Shakespeare and quote Poe in order to flaunt her mental dominance. Sadly for Weaver, the film misses its mark by a long margin. Do you read Poe? Of course not. You don't read Shakespeare, so why would you read one of our country's greatest and most influential authors? Well, when I was a kid, I always liked the Vincent Price movies. What, what's the point? Poe once wrote an essay called The Philosophy of Composition. In it, he develops his theories about proper art being indifferent to moral and political considerations. That real art was about its own dynamic inner relationships, able to stand on style alone. You should read it. I guess I have to ask this again. What's the point? The point, Dr. Galen, is that in addition to being a medical doctor, I am an artist. Whilst much of the film is given over to a thinly developed plot and terrible dialogue, when the so-called action does take place, it's dull, simple and over in seconds. It doesn't have the flash and humour of Arnie's commando or the brutal wow factor of John Wick. Instead it feels like the gunfights were tacked on at the end of production, where no budget was left for anything other than simple and uninspired combat. Some could call this a no-thrills or gritty choice, making the conscious decision to move away from the flash and showmanship of many of the films of the genre. It instead feels as lazy and bored as the rest of the film, ill thought through and produced by people wanting to make a paycheck rather than something that they're actually passionate about. The topic of transgenderism and gender identity is handled incredibly poorly throughout the film. Whilst it's clear that a little research has gone into the writing of the piece, especially when Frank visits a doctor to talk to him about the basics of transgender medical issues, very little thought or care has actually been paid to how this film will impact members of the trans community. The film tries to use the gender dysphoria that Frank feels as a plot point to show the suffering he's going through, with Rodriguez frequently raging against her body and grabbing her breasts in mock anger. To an outsider, this may seem like a very real reaction to waking up in a body so different from your own, that they wouldn't even think twice about questioning the reality of these scenes. However, it fails to give a very real depiction of the hell of gender dysphoria. The slow-burning disgust and despair, hatred for your own reflection, inner gut-wrenching pain as you're treated as someone that you're not, the endless sleepless nights as you cry yourself to sleep, the shame at seeing your own naked body, the urges to lash out at others, the desires to hurt yourself and even take your own life, none of this seems to be any part of Frank's story. Mild annoyance might even be the best description for how he acts after the initial shock has set in. The film does attempt to make some kind of statement about transgenderism and the trans community when Weaver's doctor reveals that punishing Frank for killing her brother was only part of the reason for her performing unwanted surgery on him. She goes on to present the scenario as an experiment, one that will go on to prove whether trans people are genuine or not. Her idea is that if Frank, a violent and macho man's man, can learn to live in his new female body and accept his new life, then it would show that gender is mutable. However, if Frank rejects the change and remains true to his original self, it would prove that transgender people are truthful in their sense of self. She wishes to prove that gender is something rooted within the self rather than something that can be influenced or even altered by outside factors. Doctor, now it's my understanding that you'd like to make an opening statement before we proceed with a series of questions pertaining to your case. This is a confession. 
It has very little to do with the dead bodies you found at my clinic. They were simply collateral damage. My confession deals with the professional killer, Frank Kitchen, or whatever his real name is. Contrary to my oath as a physician and all civilized medical standards, I performed unwanted and unnecessary radical surgery on Mr. Kitchen, whom I admit was a completely unknowing and unwilling patient. I did it partially for deeply personal reasons. He had murdered someone very close to me, and in return, my first instinct was basic. I wanted to cause Frank Kitchen enormous psychic pain. I want you to understand this, and the record will bear me out. I'm hugely sympathetic to those who want and choose to participate in gender reassignment. But normally, that would never include Frank Kitchen. He was, by all accounts, the type of man who reveled in murderous activities as well as his masculinity. But as time went by, the more I thought about the situation, I changed my mind about the man. He was an abandoned child who'd become a ward of the state, condemned to live on the streets at an early age. I have the traditional romantic nostalgia for the idea that everyone should have a second chance. But I'm also a doctor, a scientist, in a way an artist. I decided I wouldn't and couldn't do something simply for revenge. So I also performed the surgery partially as an experiment. I wanted to reinforce the theory that if gender is identity, then even the most extreme surgical procedure will fail to alter the essence. And this proved to be true. Frank Kitchen is still very much the man he was because he believes himself to be the man he was. So you see, my experiment was a success and a failure. My sincere hope for his redemption was naive. Frank Kitchen went right back to the gun. He went right back to killing. I also want to confess to the crime of hubris, to the unforgivable crime of an overweening estimation of my own worth. However, having said that, I find myself at a philosophical crossroads. Whereas I'm aware of my own inadequacy in the grand scheme of things, simultaneously I find myself the prisoner of lesser minds. I have dared to defy conventional morality but the true individual has always had to struggle with being overwhelmed by the tribe. And no price, even this imprisonment and indignity, is too high to pay for the privilege of owning yourself. On your terms, I am sorry for nothing, absolutely nothing. I am proud of the experimental work I was doing for the benefit of every living human being. Sometimes harsh methods have to be used on the road to progress. That is my statement. I will answer no questions. None of you are worth my time. Now take me back to myself. The fact that a film such as this, a blatant exploitation piece that's aiming to be an action movie, tries to handle such a weighty subject is absolutely laughable. The true nature of gender identity and dysphoria shouldn't come within a mile of this film. Not only that, but Frank helps to reinforce the awful film stereotype that transgender people are inherently violent in some way. Stereotypes that films such as Silence of the Lambs and Sleepaway Camp helped cement in cinema. Tropes that are used not only in entertainment, but by those who wish to cause harm to the trans and LGBT plus community, 
such as the American Republican argument that trans people should be denied bathroom access due to them being sexual predators. The Assignment is a boring and pointless action film that only has any notice because of the awful inclusion of the transgender plot element. Whilst this film should be quickly forgotten, it's more than likely it will live on as an example of how not to make a film, as a guide on how to get every element of a project so wrong that it becomes an embarrassment to the art form. The Assignment is a piece of trash, made by people who have little understanding of the community that they're taking advantage of, or the impact their films can have. Not even fans of Schlock will have fun with this, as it lacks any sense of charm or whimsy. The best advice for any and all, avoid this film at all costs. Thank you again for joining me for this unusual episode. Hopefully it's not been too much of a boring ramble. We'll be back next time for our usual format, where we'll take a look through the news and current events. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter by going to at underscore everything left. You can follow us on Facebook by going to Everything Left Podcast. You can find the podcast itself on iTunes, Acast, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and a whole host of other providers. So make sure you click subscribe so that you never miss an upcoming episode. You can also send us any feedback, comments, or suggestions to our email address, which is everythingleftpodcast at outlook.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. I was a-